Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. Normally, this is a podcast where we watch Muppet movies two minutes at a time and talk about them a lot, but today we're doing something a little bit different. We're watching a Muppet TV special and talking about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. And I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we have a very special return guest back with us. Introduce yourself, guest. Hello, I'm the guest. My name is Joe Hennis. I am the co-owner and editor-in-chief of ToughPigs.com. Thank you for joining us. Hey, you know what? It's great to be here. I've been uh, I've been eagerly awaiting the return of this podcast, and I'm glad that I have front row seats for it. Yeah, we, we saved a seat for you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about The Muppets Go Hollywood which is a special that aired on CBS on May 16th, 1979. That's about two weeks before the Muppet movie was released. So this and, was kind of a promotional thing. And let's note that Jim Henson died 11 years later to the day. Yeah. As, as long as we're saying the date May 16th out loud, we should acknowledge that. Because that's weird, right? Yeah, that is a weird coincidence of all. I mean, there are 365 days of the year. It, it is weird that this particular project was released on that same date. I mean, I, I guess the odds are that something notable would have happened in Muppet history on May 16th, and it just happens to be this special. Right. True. Yeah, so they're promoting their new movie, and this is just kind of an odd special all around. Um, the premise is that the Muppets are throwing a big party for all their show business friends. It's it's sort of... There, there are parts that seem obviously scripted but a lot of it just kind of jumps around from place to place it just kind of feels like they pointed the camera at things and hoped that they would capture things that were entertaining um it takes place at the coconut grove uh nightclub in hollywood and the imagine illustrated book by karen falk tells us that the party sequences were taped there on april 6th 1979 so it opens with uh, a teaser scene from the muppet movie with bernie the agent uh, telling kermit about hollywood and it occurred to me that today, when a new movie is coming out, we have the teaser trailer, and then we have the trailer, and then we get these preview clips, and they're all over the internet, and we watch them over and over again. But in 1979, this was probably so thrilling for Muppet fans who were just waiting to get any glimpse of the new movie coming out. Oh, and and sure. I guess they didn't care at all about spoilers back then. They were just like, oh man, I can't wait to see Dom DeLuise in a <laughs> rowboat talking to Kermit's what? Frog in a swamp. It's not like Dom DeLuise. I mean, it's not, it's not like they show Orson Welles. You know, it's not yeah, like that would have been Dom DeLuise is one of the he's, he's the first human being we see other than Bruce Kirby Sr. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although a lot of them are on there. There's one of the posters that has a lot of the cameo guest stars heads on it. Sure. They wanted those Cloris fans to go see it. Yeah. To, to go see it and find that she's in it for two minutes. We get a voiceover from Gary Owens, who is probably best known for being the announcer on Laugh-In, but also did many other uh, voiceover and voice acting and announcer type things in his career. Now, for those of you listening, we just uh, took a short break to double-check Gary Owens' resume, and we determined that although he was not on Freakazoid, he did work on a few episodes of Dinosaurs. Apparently he announced, uh, or I'm sorry, he, uh, uh, he was the narrator in two episodes. I don't know what he, what episodes would be narrated from dinosaurs. 
No, I can't. I bet he was a narrator on TV, like on something oh, they watched. Oh, that makes more sense. All the time on that show. It was like they all they did. Loved, they loved their prehistoric television. It was, 95% of the stories on dinosaurs are the Sinclairs are in front of the television. <laughs> uh, apparently, he also he did a, some work with Sesame Street. Um, he did. Uh, uh, he was on some various letter of the alphabet cartoons. Oh yeah, and and he Ooh. narrated the secret drawing cartoon series. Right. I was just watching an old episode of Sesame Street recently where he was he was on one of those. Those are fun. So yeah, yeah Gary Owens. He he did all kinds of things. And here, I love that guy. I don't know why I love him so much, but every time I hear his voice, I'm like, "Hey, Gary Owens." Yeah. I bet you love him because he was the original voice for Space Ghost, and Space Ghost still sounds like him. That's true. He also uh, reprised his role as Space Ghost on Batman Bra- The Brave and the Bold, which was maybe oh. one of the best <laughs> animated series ever. Yeah, that's awesome. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. so here, though, he's delivering some dramatic words about the meteoric rise of one small frog. And then he introduces our special, which is The Muppets Go Hollywood. Uh, and then we, we get a montage of celebrities arriving at the Coconut Grove, which, uh, by the way, was the famous nightclub at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. It opened in 1921. It has since been demolished, unfortunately, but it was a very big deal with uh, show business types in the 1930s and 40s. Um, so, yeah, there's there's so many like genuinely famous uh, celebrities in this montage. Candace Bergen, Gary Busey, Ethel Merman, uh, I think Donnie Most is there. He was a big yeah, star. Yeah, Donnie Most is totally in there. It, it's interesting to me to see how many celebrities are there who did not work on The Muppet Show. It's like, so, obviously, they invited a lot of people who had been on The Muppet Show at that point. But then it's like, you know, LeVar Burton shows up, and it's like, well, LeVar Burton would have been an amazing guest star. He really yeah. would have. Young, like, Roots-era LeVar would have been amazing to see on The Muppet Yeah, show. completely. Um, but also, like, Steve Allen is there. The original host of the Tonight Show. Yeah, he's he's one of the people who arrives, and I don't think he ever worked with the Muppets ever outside. Like he doesn't work with them here, but I don't think he ever did. Uh, yeah. I like that um, Mel Brooks brought in um, Carl Reiner, and and uh, 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 Gary Owen says Carl Reiner looking very confused. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, Why is he confused? Because he's Carl Reiner, and you know he doesn't <laughs> know where he is. He's an old man. Is he like? Why are there frogs and pigs here? Yes. He thought they were going to the premiere of The Jerk. <laughs> premiere of his movie. Not some movie that Mel Brooks plays a Nazi in. Right. Uh, then we have our hosts, Dick Van Dyke and Rita Moreno. Uh, Rita Moreno, of course, was on The Muppet Show. Dick Van Dyke, uh, again, surprising that he was not on The Muppet Show. I, I, I want to correct you real quick because they are not the hosts. They're, uh, Dick Van Dyke says that Kermit's the host and he is there as the tour guide. Oh. Which I thought was an interesting, uh, uh, you know, uh, way to put it, because <laughs> we already people already get confused when they, they when they ask like who's your favorite host of the Muppet Show, right? And it's like, well, there's only one host of the Muppet Show. Everyone okay. else was a was a guest star. So who's your favorite tour guide of the special? Oh, guy. Well, you can't beat Rita Moreno. <laughs> right, she's amazing. Um, yeah, so there's this weird little moment with her where she says it's going to be a night of elegance, dignity, culture. And then Sweetums pushes her out of the way, which could have been a funny joke, but it's, again, the special things seem like genuinely shot on the fly and kind of weirdly spontaneous. So it just 
doesn't quite work. No, well, can 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 I put all my cards on the table? Yes. That's, that's how I feel about almost all of the jokes in this. <laughs> like it, it it like this is like the least real the Muppets have ever seemed to me. Like just everything feels like these people aren't really here for the Muppets. It's just kind of a thing. The Muppets are weirdly out of place. Like they keep trying to do their bits, but nobody's paying attention. The whole thing just feels off to me. I totally get that, but I actually, I actually really appreciate it. I like it a lot. Well, first of all, because it feels different. Um, but also it makes it feel like you're actually there, which I like. I like the fact that, I mean, you know, it's not like there's canned laughter, although some of these jokes definitely probably could use a little bit of canned laughter. But, uh, you know, I, I, it feels like if you were actually going to be at this party, as opposed to an audience member watching um, at home or, or even in a real, you know, audience, uh, you know, if Sweden's bust in and pushed Rita Moreno, assuming you find it funny, uh, then you'd be like, oh, ha, great. Like, you wouldn't right, be no, like, I get, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. It's just... I don't know. It, yeah, I, I don't really know how to say what I mean, except that it feels like imitation Muppets, almost. Like, like more than just about anything from Jim Henson's lifetime. The characters just feel really out of place, and it just kind of makes me sad and annoyed. <laughs> I find it amusing and entertaining because it's so weird. It, it does sort of feel like... Uh, maybe Jim Henson wanted to celebrate the release of his movie by throwing a party for a bunch of celebrities. And then like at the last minute they said, Oh, wait a minute. What if we uh, bring the Muppets and make a TV special out of this? And it, it, it definitely doesn't feel like anything else the Muppets have done. There's it's, it's kind of, it, it's not so polished. And I think the Sweetums guy with Rita Moreno is a good example where well, like the camera doesn't quite capture it, but, they use that take and they, I guess that they didn't try it again. Well, but also like, I think the other reason that that didn't land for me, like Rita Moreno gets, takes so much abuse in this thing. There are she does. So she gets knocked around. Like, like the, the, she does that Carmen Miranda number with the, I guess, is it the, it's all the monsters or it's just the mutations. Maybe that's that the one mutations. Was just mutations. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, like shoving her around in that. And, animal like stomps her and breaks her spine yeah there's something uh there's something definitely kind of um i i I, there's something i don't know want to use the word on the podcast but it's very something very abusey about that well it's this running gag with animal where he keeps popping up and chasing women and then rita moreno is trying to tell him not to chase women which she's you know she's trying to be progressive this the the whole uh, shtick with animal chasing women is less amusing than it was right. in 1979 for sure. But I, I also think it's less, like, I don't think it's that funny in like Muppets take Manhattan anymore either or whatever. Right. But it's even worse here. I think because what you guys were saying, how it feels, uh, this feels more realistic. It feels more on the, on the fly. So it feels like animal is an actual predator running around an actual yeah. predator running around and like when Moreno tries to stop his ring of terror, he throws her on the ground and stomps on her. Well, and like and, that's and nobody the end does of the story. anything to help her because like what, the way it should have ended is like she should have stomped him to the ground, and then there you've got your your little joke arc, which like it, it, so I, th- I think also you know like you guys are saying. 
this could be an example of like they maybe they didn't have a script for some of this stuff. Maybe they just went for it and they're oh. like, we'll fix it in post. And well, that's all they had. It's, it's funny because Jerry Jewell and Don Hinckley are credited with the script. So obviously Jerry Jewell was head writer on The Muppet Show. Don Hinckley was a staff writer on The Muppet Show for most of it. But the director here is somebody named Stan Harris, who is had didn't work with The Muppets before or after this, directed a bunch of these um uh the I guess Muppet Wiki calls them showbiz spectaculars. <laughs> this sounds <Yeah>. great. <laughs> he did a, a George Burns special, a Linda Carter special, a Johnny Cass right, right. special, and a Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton special. So the Muppets are very much in his playground here. So I think he's just shooting this like he would anything else. And that's why the Muppets kind of get lost sometimes. Well, I also wonder, like, I mean, as far as we know, there was no no written scripts. You know, as far as we know, um, you know, there was a couple of bits like, you know, uh, there's a, a piggy bit and a Fozzie bit that were filmed on location later on in the special. Those are scripted um, for sure. Those are scripted. And like, that's something that Jerry Jewell could have could have written easily beforehand or even afterward. Uh, and like, I wouldn't be surprised if like those guys were just kind of like on hands while they were filming to say, okay, I got an idea, do this and this and this. Yeah. And like, there, right. you're a writer. Yeah, that might be right. Um, those, those, on, those location interviews. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah. sure. They're, they're very strange also. Well, well they say, so it's Rita Moreno interviews Piggy quote unquote, and Vic, Dick Van Dyke interviews Fozzie, but we don't see them. We, we don't see Mr. Van Dyke or Ms. Moreno. It's pretty obvious that they were not actually there when they shot these bits with Piggy and Fozzie. So it's just their voices right. interviewing them from off camera. Right. It's just a disembodied voice. And it is the weirdest, like, it doesn't work at all. It doesn't seem like an interview that they're conducting, especially on the first one with, with Piggy and Rita Moreno. You know, the whole time I was thinking, what? Who made this choice? This is terrible. It's so baffling to me. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far. That one seems at least like a, a very piggy moment where she's uh, poolside at this hotel. She's getting these phone calls from Frank Sinatra. She's dictating a letter to Jimmy Carter. But then it, it turns out that it's all fake because Scooter is the one making these phone calls and, right. and all that. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> season one Muppet show kind of joke. It also feels like it's it's sort of a predecessor to the Miss Piggy's Hollywood special 10 years later. But it's also literally her storyline from the Dom DeLuise episode in season two, where Scooter is writing her fan letters. Oh, yeah. Right, it's that's true. I will say there, there's one joke in there that I think is maybe one of the funniest jokes in the special. Yep. Where, yep. You, you know what I'm going to say. Uh, so she she is declining, Miss Piggy's declining a call from Frank Sinatra. And Rita Moreno says, do you know what I do to record an album with Frank Sinatra? And Piggy goes, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Get it? Get it, you guys? Yeah. That's pretty good that in addition to being jumped on by Animal, Rita Moreno gets slut-shamed by Piggy. <laughs> that <laughs> is hilarious. I just I just don't like this thing, guys. I know no, you I don't. I know you don't. All right, what else? Um, yeah, so we've been jumping around. Let me see. Oh, well, can I, um, if we if we jump back a little bit to the beginning, I, I really appreciate how the whole special starts with all of the celebrities arriving in these limos and, and Rolls Royces and stuff like that. And then the Muppets do as well, which I feel like is both like a really appropriate, like, oh, they're in Hollywood and they're doing this big Hollywood red carpet thing. But also it feels now watching it in 2018, like, it's like such old Hollywood, like that they're specifically 
coming about out in cars and walking out in front of the press corps that way, as opposed to just walking down the red carpet, which is what they would do for any movie premiere nowadays. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, things have changed a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Um, Fozzie is driving. Fozzie and Kermit show up in the station wagon from the movie with Fozzie driving. So I guess they were like, well, we have this this station wagon that we rebuilt so a puppet could drive it. So we might as well use it again. Yeah, for, for three whole seconds, you get <laughs> yes. to see it. Uh, and then there's a, a great bit after that where Kermit and Fozzie, Fozzie get out of the car and some fan uh, thinks that uh, he sees Fozzie and he says, oh, it's the dog that plays the piano. I and love that guy. Yeah, that's that, a great gag. Uh, that guy, and Fozzie that guy says, is so enthusiastic. I love him. Go yeah, on. Yeah, that extra is amazing. What's his name? The bear who tells the jokes. Uh, okay, let's go, Fozzie. Yes, sir. Um, and then Fozzie says, no, I'm the bear that tells the jokes. And then he tells a terrible joke and everyone boos him. And he says, I'm the dog that plays the piano. <laughs> but does Fozzie, I, I was trying to think about this. Like, if you were not a Muppet fan and you saw Fozzie, might you think that he was a dog rather than a bear? Oh, sure. He doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't look like a bear at all. And Ralph doesn't really look that much like a dog other than the floppy ears. Yeah, and a lot of dogs don't have floppy ears. True. And and people mistake celebrities for other celebrities all the time anyway. So And like Kermit doesn't necessarily look like an actual frog. That's frogs very frogs true. don't have collars. Or the squinty little eyes. That's right. <laughs> um Piggy looks so, like a pig though. Piggy definitely looks like a pig. Oh uh, yeah, you can't mistake Piggy for any other <laughs> yeah, animal. Totally. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of disco in this special. Um, yeah, so actually, one of the best, like probably my favorite sequence in this. I'm being, I've been, I've been grumpy so far, but right after they play, can you picture that? They do just like a dance break. All the celebrities and all the Muppets disco dance for a while. Yeah, that is the that if that is the greatest. So and the celebrities fun. look like they're having so much fun. I think it's Cheryl Ladd and Raquel Welch and somebody else are dancing with one of the Muppets, and they just look like they're having the time of their lives. Well, yeah, and, and like that bit has that sequence has a couple of really great um, jokes as well. Where there's one where like Piggy is slow dancing with Charles Durning, yeah, and Christopher Reeve yeah. tries to to, um, to to ask Piggy to dance, and she tells him to you know to blow off so she can keep dancing with the with the not quite as handsome Charles Durning. Yeah. I love that. Also, I love LeVar Burton and Janice are just like getting into it. Like there is. Yeah, there is I ship them between. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I ship <laughs> them, too. I actually, you know, one time Jordan was on the holodeck and he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, my God. Is this whole special taking place on the holodeck? <laughs> this is Jordy's fantasy on the holodeck. <laughs> oh, man. I, was, I was wondering why Lieutenant Barkley was there, too. <laughs> All right. I hope everyone gets that joke as much as we I, do. I, who who played Lieutenant Barkley? I don't get that part. Uh, uh, Dwight Schultz played him. He's not in this, but he also oh. loved fantasizing the holiday. That is true. I see. Yes. Uh, but also in that sequence, uh, there's a bit where Fozzie is dancing by himself. And Rita Moreno tries to ask him if he wants to dance. And he says no and keeps dancing by himself. He just keeps doing this little dance where he's like <laughs> wiggling one of his fingers. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's then a really funny Fozzie moment. Immediately afterward... <laughs> Uh, Rita is dancing with Kermit and then Fozzie kind of like elevators up right in between them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which seems like they were like, everyone was just completely screwing around. And Frank was just like, I got something. I'm just going to, I'm just going to have Fozzie pop up between them. Done. 
Yeah, I think that's an example of a spontaneous thing that they probably made up on the spot that works. Like that, I laughed out loud at. For sure. And, and I mean, I, I think Rita really helps too, because she's so into it. Yeah. Um, and, and earlier, just a few minutes before that dance sequence, she has an interview with Floyd where they're on the dance floor and just kind of like cozying up and dancing real close while she interviews him about the movie. And that's so charming too, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And he says a bunch of, like, he uses way too many words to answer the question, which is very Floyd. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Floyd, tell me something. How would you say that you guys have adjusted to life in Hollywood? <laughs> oh, fear not, my sweet flower. The Muppets are happily harbored in Hollywood. I mean, we dig to be the Beverly Hills and the soul of Santa Monica. We grew with Gardena, swing with Cienega, and satisfactionate with Sepulveda. Ours is an amorosity with the city of angels. Uh, does that mean you like it here? Mm, it's okay, Mama. <laughs> oh, you're such a smooth that the the speaking of Rita uh, interviewing people, uh, there's there's a bit where she's interviewing Robert Stack. I was just gonna say oh, that that's what yeah. leads into the interview with Piggy at the pool. Yeah, Robert Stack wants Piggy to ravage him. Yes, he says she has more latent sex since anyone since Jean Harlow. What does that mean? <laughs> I think he meant to say latent sex appeal. Yeah, but he didn't say the word appeal, so she, she just has more latent sex. <laughs> How much latent sex do you think Piggy has? Well, uh, almost as much as Gene Harlow, apparently. I guess. And it, it's a it's a very weird like that whole thing doesn't really make sense because she's asking Robert Stack about Miss Piggy's inaccessibility, and then he answers with something about Miss Piggy's sex, and then it goes into <laughs> Miss Piggy at the swimming pool at a hotel. Robert, Robert Stack is one hundred percent thirsty for Miss Piggy, right? Now. Well, okay. Rita Moreno said the name Miss Piggy, and his mind only went to one place. Well, also, if you if you watch that that bit when when he says latent sex, the look on Rita Moreno's face, like she's looking <laughs> off, cam- she has like this look of fear, and she looks off camera, obviously at probably a gym, to be like, uh, should I? Should we not be doing this? <laughs> like, oh, can we use this? Yeah. Well, and like honestly, if you need any further proof that there was no script for this special, yeah. it's when Rita Moreno well, talks to Robert Stack. Well, and same with when they, uh, Dick Van Dyke tries to talk to Peter Falk about what the Coconut Grove was like in the 30s. Oh my God, yeah. And Dick Van Dyke says, can you imagine what it was like in the 30s? And Peter Falk just says, no, I can't. I he guess says, it was I, a lot I like can't imagine. Well, and then Fozzie shows up and he's like, hey, how do you like the food? Well, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, because this special is garbage. Like that's well, then Peter Falk is like, oh, that's what you should have asked me about the food. Like he yeah. doesn't want to talk about the the storied history of this Hollywood landmark. He just wants to talk about the food, right? Which like is kind of like a metaphor for this special because instead of wanting the Muppets to be hilarious, they just want to show like Peter Falk rambling incoherently. <laughs> See now, but here's the thing though: if they made a special like this today, where they were like, "We're just going to film a bunch of random moments with Muppets and celebrities, and every once in a while we'll actually script something," like I would eat that shit up. No, no, they did that. It was called Lady Gaga special. I, I was just going to say that. <laughs> well, Lady Gaga special was more like they pretended to script it, or they like th- that wasn't like. Uh, no, there's a bunch of parts where it's just like Lady Gaga and Kermit at the piano saying whatever's on their mind. Or like Kristen oh. Bell and Bobo. Yeah. But like the Kristen Bell Bobo stuff was, was more fun than 
well than the Lady Gaga stuff. Maybe that has more to do with who the celebrities are. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the gag where Scooter calls Kermit to the kitchen to see how the Swedish chef is serving meatballs? That feels oh. like a, a joke that was left over from the Muppet show, so they just, they just decided to throw it in here. I, I, okay, did you guys hear the Swedish chef call himself Bjorn Borg? Well, yes. yeah, I, I thought it was just like part of his regular Swedish nonsense chatter. But no, yeah, that, he, I says, thought that was he says great. Bjorn Borg. Especially because yeah, people yeah, make thought... that joke so much that like, like that Bjorn Borg was... is, is Swedish and it sounds like the thing that the Swedish chef says. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I laughed a lot at that. Yeah, that was great. Um, the rest of that sketch. Um, the problem with so much of this, and I, I, whatever, I've said 80 problems, but one of my other <laughs> problems is I have trouble hearing just how the sound is mixed. There's all this background chatter and the music. And so, like, I can't hear a lot of the dialogue. Maybe well, if I had a better copy. Were you were you watching it on YouTube or did you have a clean copy of it? No, I have a million year old VHS copy. I do uh, not have. See, a, I, I wonder if that had more to do with the fact that it was your copy. Your the, what you your copy was because mine sounded just fine. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll just have to watch it again. Yeah. You guys, you guys want to send me a DVD of Muppets Go Hollywood? I'll watch it again. All right. <laughs> you promised. You said it. Well, you know what? I'll watch it with my daughter because she'd probably enjoy it like <laughs> sure uh um, so I, I like the bit where um so miss piggy comes in to sing baby face but she's carried in by like like on a what would you even call that thing it's called a litter a litter yes uh, can you describe a litter because people probably don't know what it, it means from the name is like uh well it's sort of like a couch but it has four long handles so she's carried in on this thing by by four men. Yes, and they're kind of dressed like Egyptians. And the question that you ask when you see that, because you see the entire thing being carried all the way to the stage by these four men, is where is Frank Oz? I think about that every time Miss Piggy makes a huge entrance. Like, and the answer must be that she's just I mean, that that he's just lying down inside this thing, sticking his arm up. But it's not just the fact that like he's lying down in a weird like because we we are used to the idea that Muppeteers are are hiding somewhere you know in any given situation but the idea that like piggy makes his grand entrance and she's being carried by these these four bur- uh, burly men and like everyone's like going nuts because you know she's this like diva she's this beautiful woman whatever and then it's like then you think about the fact that like no no they're doing that for this bald guy with a mustache you just can't <laughs> see him right yeah yeah a bald guy with a mustache the most beautiful pig in the world <laughs> And then, yeah, I like that they reworked the lyrics of Babyface uh, somewhat so that it's a song about how, like, basically how beautiful Piggy is. Babyface, I've got the cutest little babyface. There's not another one could take my place. <laughs> babyface, your poor heart is jumping. Yeah, she loves singing about uh, herself. And then at the end of the song, when it's time to go, she shouts to the at the men, "All right, meet. Let's move it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is good. this is really like uh, approaching the apex of of Miss Piggy mania. And well, and- yeah, I mean, because we, we saw stuff like that later. Like they kind of do that in Miss uh, Fantastic Miss Piggy. They kind of do it in. Um, uh, the celebration of 30 years, you know, kind of, they do like big elaborate now piggies here. 
yeah. kind of yeah. was this the first time they, they had done something like that though? Yeah. I mean this is the first time we've seen these characters outside of the Muppet show ever, right? Well, so one thing that you guys talked about on the podcast um, was that uh, in the Muppet movie, that was kind of like when Piggy t- turned from like this misunderstood, maybe talentless, you know, pig singer on a, on some third rate variety show to, oh, no, she's actually a huge star. Um, and so I wonder if this is like the moment in which it's like, oh, no, now she's a movie star. Like right. now the joke is not that she that she stinks. The joke now is that she's this diva. And that the most glamorous diva in Hollywood is a pig. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly they had sensed that that would be well received, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and then there's also in the same special, the the musical number where Dick Van Dyke sings You Ought to Be in Pictures, and they go to a montage of just photos of Miss Piggy in various glamorous costumes. Yeah, that's the uh, the John Barrett cameo, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he probably took all those pictures, huh? Well, yes, that's my guess. It's interesting to me because we've talked about how so much of this special is on the fly, right? They're just hanging out. And then they put so much effort into the, especially that intro for Piggy, this huge, elaborate introduction, when everything else is just like, hey, look, it's Fozzie. well and they obviously had plans at least i mean i didn't count but like at least like three or four numbers that they were going to do on stage because they you got the one with um rita moreno doing the carmen miranda thing you've got the the monsters at the beginning doing hooray for hollywood you got johnny mathis Uh, uh, and then this one with miss piggy was there is there another one or is it just the three oh the electric mayhem sings can you picture that also johnny mathis singing never before never again Oh, can we talk about that for a minute? Uh, the fact that it lasts for a million years. Well, yes. it feels like it lasts for a million years because it's Johnny Mathis singing it and not Miss Piggy. Well, right. I actually have a, I have a very short story about that. So um, this is probably back in 2004 may, or maybe two, no, it's 2003. And I was in New York City and I went to the Museum of TV and Radio, which is now called the Paley Center. And back then there was no YouTube and like th- there was like Muppet things I had always wanted to watch. And this was one of the things I had chosen that day to watch at the museum. Um, and I'd never seen Muppets go Hollywood before. I was very excited about the whole thing, but I didn't have a ton of time. So I'm watching it and I get to never before, never again. And I'm like, I have, I didn't know who Johnny Mathis was. I did not, I, I did not care for the song. I didn't want to listen to the song. So I was like, I'm going to fast forward through this. And then like, I'll, that'll save me like, you know, two or three minutes. And so I fast forward through the song and then the file breaks oh, and no. I couldn't finish it. Like I just, it wouldn't let me access the video again. So for oh. years I had only watched up to this point. And it was only a few years ago that I was able to watch the, the second half of the special. Oh man! I mean, you missed some good parts, but Johnny Mathis singing "Never Before, Never Again" is not one of them. Well, and and the the funny part about that, maybe not ha ha funny, but as we talked about in a previous episode, the original plan for the Muppet movie was during Miss Piggy's fantasy sequence, it was going to be Johnny Mathis singing "Never Before, Never Again" until Frank Oz saved the entire film by suggesting that it would be funnier if Miss Piggy sang it. Yeah. Well, didn't they originally want it to be Frank Sinatra? Paul Williams has said that that was when they wrote it, they were thinking Frank Sinatra, but they couldn't get him for whatever reason. What if Frank Sinatra was in this special? 
Well, yes. he, he called Miss Piggy on the phone. Oh, you know what I would do to have Frank Sinatra in this special? I think so. <laughs> well, you guys, I was I was going to say, Johnny Mathis made an entire career of being Frank Sinatra's not available. Sure, let's get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not, I mean, he's fine, Like, but as crooners go, it's like, have you ever met anyone whose favorite crooner is Johnny Mathis? <laughs> yes, Johnny Fiamma's ma. Johnny Fiamma's ma, right. Another, you know what? That's uh, him, Muppets isn't it? Tonight is, yeah, that's him. He was on it. He was on Muppets Tonight. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Muppets Tonight also loves Johnny Mathis. So. Yes, he got me. Anyway, he's still alive, so maybe he'll be back on another oh, Muppets. I, I will say that he he holds that note at the end of the song. Like he, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, he's like a sure. professional or something. I guess so. Yeah. Most. Um. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about how much Sam the Eagle loves celebrities. Sam the Eagle tells uh, Dick Van Dyke that he's there just to, to observe the weird behavior going on, but he's holding a notebook. What's in it? Autographs. Sam the Eagle loves celebrities, which he loves secretly, Walter Pigeon. He's and Rudy Valley, which I don't. We don't see Rudy Valley in the special, do we? No, not as far as I, I didn't notice him. At he's least. hiding behind a table somewhere. He's catering. Here's the thing. I barely know what Rudy Valley looked like in the 40s, let alone 1979. Oh, yeah. I can't. What would what, what old Rudy Valley look like? Yeah, I, I'm sure he just looked kind of like Edward Herman, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> A special appearance by Rudy Valley. Yeah. So, But then one of my favorite jokes in this special is uh, when Dick Van Dyke asks Sam if he'd like his autograph. Wait a minute, these are autographs. You're collecting autographs. Have you seen Walter Fitchin? He's my favorite. No, I don't think Walter's here tonight. Would you like to have my autograph? Baby, who are you? Well, then Dick Van Dyke gets to give one of those great looks to the camera. Yeah. He has like, a couple of those. Yeah. 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 He really spells that one. That's, that's I also pretty- like his, as long as we're talking about that, I like his take at the very beginning when the electric mayhem uh, arrives and then immediately drives away. Because they want to go park where it's cheaper. Yeah, he just gives us really... No, no, it's Statler and Waldorf drive away. He he just gives us really disappointed take to the camera. Yeah. That's very okay, funny. I was disappointed that Statler and Waldorf... Although I guess it's in character for them to come anyway. But I really like the idea that they drove up and then just kept going and didn't come in. <laughs> they didn't actually <laughs> show they, up later. Why did they show up to begin with? That, like, well, but that's a pretty classic Statler and Waldorf type bird, though, too. True. Uh, although, speaking of Statler and Waldorf, like, so they obviously did a lot of stuff. Like, there's they show up throughout the special sitting at, at a table, and uh, their bits are. I don't think they're scripted either, or if they are, it's very loose. Um, but there's one that's so weird. Can where, I guess? Yeah. Well, it's ahead. obviously the evil eye. It's the evil where the they see the they're trying to get the waiter's attention, and he's not coming to them and so waldorf says i'm gonna give him the evil eye and he does that weird puppetry thing where his eye kind of sticks out a little bit and then the waiter trips and falls and then they <laughs> laugh and that's it that's yeah, a whole that's yeah. a whole bit that's pretty good i like that yeah they, they also put a sound effect over it like as soon as he pops his eye it's it's like this <laughs> like the science fiction sound uh, waiter waiter oh uh, he'll never come over you can't get a waiter around here if that waiter doesn't come by, I'm going to give him the evil eye. Oh, do it, do it. Give him the evil eye? Yes. Okay, here goes. <laughs> Works every time. Works every time. <laughs> That's what the evil eye sounds like, Ryan. Yes, exactly. 
Um, we should talk about the the moment where uh, Dick Van Dyke is interviewing Jim Henson, and it leads into Paul Williams and Kenny Asher discussing how they wrote Rainbow Connection. Well, I, I before you talk about Paul Williams and Kenny Asher, it just the fact that like when when you see this and you're like, oh man, like Jim Henson, he's gonna say something cool, or like he's gonna do a bit with Dick Van Dyke or whatever, and Jim gets about like. 15 seconds of screen time and then passes the buck. Which... Yeah, it's pretty much just like, oh, there are a lot of celebrities here. There are a lot yeah. of these people from the Muppet show. And he's like, oh, yeah, we've done 72 of them. And then that they pretty much immediately is, go into the other thing. This is also very early in Jim Henson's appearing on camera regularly. That's early. true. Like, you remember in, I guess it must be the Brian J. Jones biography. They talk about how, like, in the 80s, he took classes to appear more natural on camera and stuff. Oh, and, I like, forgot about that. In preparation for like Jim Henson Hour, wow! He wanted, he made a conscious effort to present himself as more of a personality. Interesting, At, you know, in years after this, so so yeah, I yeah. think he probably wasn't all that really keen about being on camera in these yeah, days. Yeah, he might probably, not have loved it. I had to guess. Yeah, I get that. Um, so getting back to that Paul Williams and Kenny Asher interview, that is lovely. That is gorgeous. I love it. Yes. I love the way it's shot, and then I just love the just a little sort of quiet meditation by the songwriters who wrote the song, which had not yet become like an all-time classic. We love Kermit the Frog just like everybody else does, so we wanted to write something very, very special for Kermit. The next thing was coming up with a title, and we had a bit of a hard time. Uh, we kept coming up with titles that almost fit what we wanted to say until a friend of yours... Uh, Helped us out a little, really. We'd written almost the whole song, but we didn't have that, that payoff line, which we knew would be the title. And uh, we were frustrated, frankly. And a lady that I know very well said, uh, what's the problem? You're, you're having difficulty finding that, that rainbow connection between uh, people and their dreams? And we said, the rainbow connection? We raced into the, to the uh, studio and, and wrote this song for Kermit. Well, right. and I appreciate that Kenny Asher actually gets to say something because we—it's so rare that we hear. I mean, we've heard Paul Williams talk about the song a thousand times. Yeah, but I've—I mean, Ryan, you've heard Kenny Asher talk about this song, but but I haven't, and Anthony hasn't. I've, I've right. heard him play the song. I have not actually heard him talk about. Oh, it. Oh, he didn't talk about it at the time no, he saw him. He just sat live. down at the piano and played it. Wow, let's do that. Well, then I—I I also really appreciate the fact that they start singing the song, playing the song. And then it like very naturally segues into Kermit playing Rainbow Connection in the movie. Yeah, well, it's nice. I just, it, the, honestly, that interview kind of made me wish they had just made a behind the scenes documentary that's an hour long. Sure. Instead of, you know, just like, hey, look, there's Cheryl Ladd. Animal's going <laughs> to slap her on the butt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That would have been better. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I like Paul Williams' giant red nineteen seventy nine sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a another uh, segment on the the floor of the ballroom where Dick Van Dyke asks Kermit and Miss Piggy where they're staying, and Miss Piggy doesn't want to say, but Kermit admits that they're staying at the Bidawee Motor Inn. It's the way that joke is delivered. It it seems like that is supposed to be something that would be familiar to people. Like bite a wee. What is I? Oh, I was hoping one of you guys would know. Guys, well, I, I a joke that kind of sounds like by the way. Isn't it just? I don't know. Or 
Or it sounds almost like the way a Scottish person would say, like, come or, sit down and bite a wee. Or it's almost, <laughs> or alternate theory, it's almost like this special is terrible and they didn't put any well, thought into it. But I did do a Google search and found that there's a bite a wee uh, motel, not in Los Angeles, but in Pacific Grove, California, which is about 120 miles away from Hollywood. Um, also, there's a bite a wee animal shelter in New York City. Oh. But, um, yeah, and, uh, Kermit comments that uh, the Baidui Motor Inn accepts livestock. I don't know if the, the animal shelter accepts livestock. but Well, yeah, then this piggy gives them a double karate chop. And Dick Van Dyke does a good job at pretending like he is hurt and falling down. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke's pretty great in this. I mean, like, this it, bizarrely, this is the only time he worked with the Muppets until I think he's in the Disneyland's 60th anniversary special. He took a photo with Kermit backstage or something. Wow. They didn't really do a bit together, though. Decades later, is but it? it's like, this is it. I mean, he was never on Sesame Street. He never did anything else with the Muppets. Isn't that strange? It, that's a shame. Yeah. Like, I'm glad he got to do this. I'm glad he gets to do things with Muppets in it, you know? But yeah. Well, you would I, expect, like, just, he could have been on Sesame Street at some point. Like, he would have been a natural yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. He could have done a voice of a dinosaur on dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> what kind of dinosaur would he have been? He would have been a corrupt politician dinosaur. Oh, I could see that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Who you think is so suave and nice, and then it turns out he's corrupt. Oh, and no, not, not Dick Van Dyke. Robbie has a real eye-opening experience when he meets his favorite congressman dinosaur. The Dick Van Dykeosaurus. <laughs> yes. His name is Rob Petrol. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Wow, perfect. Oh, this joke wasn't going anywhere, and then it went there. Missed yeah. opportunity. <laughs> all right, all right. What else happens in this stinker? Um, well, so the, can- the the performance of Can You Picture That by The Electric Mayhem is 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 fun. I think they're just lip syncing to the track from the movie. They're it sounds the definitely li- lip syncing to the track from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So... Lip syncing puppets, always fun. Um, oh, another note I had about uh, you ought to be in pictures. Miss Piggy and Dick Van Dyke are dancing, and he, like she's sort of spinning around or something, and her hair gets all in her face, and she's doing the thing that that she sometimes does, where she's kind of spits the hair out of her face. But uh, then Dick Van Dyke is is also helping her brush the hair away, which I thought was a nice uh, a nice puppet co-starring moment for him yeah most people don't do that like yeah there, there are many times I, I was watching the um the john denver christmas special recently with the muppets and there's at least two moments in which piggy gets hair all over her face and she spits it out but like there's only so much you could do because it's just a puppet it's not actually you know skin and, and lips and whatever uh and she's just like does the rest of the scene with hair all over her face because yeah because John Denver doesn't know how to do the thing that Dick Van Dyke did so well. Just it's not that hard. Yeah, yeah. Be a gentleman. Uh, yeah, that I think we've been jumping around, but um, I think then that would bring me to the musical number with Rita Moreno and the Mutations at the end. Yeah, which is crazy. She's wearing this Carmen Miranda costume with fruit on her head, and just. Again, the camera is sort of all over the place. And what is the song? It's the title of the song is not on Muppet Wiki. Oh, I meant to look it up and, and I forgot. Yeah, it, like the lyrics: "I like your hips, I like your eyes, 
Do you no, I like your lips, I like your eyes, do you like my hips? Something something. I, I've never heard this song before. Did you did you Google the lyrics? I I did and nothing came up for the song title. Hmm. Huh. If anyone knows what the song is, let us know. And add it to Muppet Wiki. Yes, please. Uh, that, of course, leads into the conga line. Conga line? Who doesn't love a conga line? <laughs> and right. some... It goes for a hundred years and nothing right. happens in it. It's well, that's nothing... what a conga line is. <laughs> that's true. You guys, the Muppets do funny things on television, and that conga line is nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. Well, how about a <laughs> shot of the Muppets that was obviously shot in front of a blue screen later doing the conga and then matted over the shot of the celebrities because that pops up twice. That is good grief. The comedian's a bare level comedy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, that, that might be the low point of the special where it's just like they obviously couldn't have the Muppets doing a real conga line with these celebrities because they don't have legs. Well, Fletcher Bird is there. Fletcher He's Bird is the there. Sweet Sweetums is in there too. Yeah, Sweetums does it. Um, and oh, and then Sattler and Waldorf are dancing in their seats. That's funny. That that was funny. They do a little like like yeah. a turn with like with their head tilting up and da da da, da head up. Waldorf kind of looked like my nine month old son. To be honest, Ooh, wow, nice. your like, nine month old son has, uh, has a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> maybe some. <laughs> Uh, yes, and like that's a great point though. The Muppets normally do not have legs, and they cannot do the conga. But right, yeah, and and it, it's fun to see. Like, I don't think all the celebrities joined in on this, but you can see a few of them. And, like, Red Buttons is featured prominently in a few shots, and he's doing this thing <laughs> where he puts his hands behind his head as he dances. And I've seen him do that in other things. Was that like his signature move to dance with a hand behind his head? I don't really get that. I don't know. You should you should write a letter to his his uh, foundation. Well, yeah, I should go find the Red Buttons fan site, I guess. <laughs> that sounds like the uh, that just sounds awful. I, I I don't know anything. I don't really don't know anything about Red Buttons. In fact, well, I don't think I could have pointed him out to be like, oh, he's the guy with his hand behind his head. <laughs> well, well, he's an Academy Award winner, Joe. So that shows how much Oscar will get in the long run. Oh, what did he win for? Uh, for this called- special. Of course. Uh, I honestly, I believe it's called Sayonara or something like that. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, the 1957 film Sayonara. Wow. And, and that was for lead actor, supporting actor? Yes, supporting actor. The lead was Marlon Brando. Wow. Good for red buttons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that's... Yeah, as, speaking of Sayonara... Uh, well, that's almost the end. Uh, the, so I guess the idea is that all the celebrities conga out the door and everybody leaves. Yes, they conga out the door, and then Rita later says, "By tomorrow morning, they'll be halfway to Tijuana." So I guess they're yeah. just going. They're, like the whole that's like, a long way. It's a celebrity they, they chain conga all the way there. That's right. Um, By the way, do you think that's the most famous conga line ever? The oh, most. The most, most yeah, famous. maybe. If you include yeah, but, all the Muppets who have been superimposed in the conga line. Yeah, but I would guess that like there must be some like stage door canteens type movie from the 40s that has like every star at a, a studio doing a conga line or something. You know, we're not possible. surprised. Enough. It's possible. If there's, if there's one that has like Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart all doing a conga in the same movie or something. I don't know. And Sweetums. And Sweetums. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know if, if that exists. Hmm. Uh, so uh, so then we get this this scene at, at the very end before the credits where the Muppets are just like hanging out in this empty uh, 
this empty coconut grove. Yeah, I like this moment where it's just kind of the Muppets reflecting on on how they like isn't it amazing that they can rub shoulders with these big stars and then they start yeah that's really nice yeah yeah just a few muppets hanging around the piano and then they start singing hooray for hollywood um they say we're so then they they take turns they say we're any funny bear or eager frog or thing or dog and scooter has the line or thing yeah that, scooter a thing that definitely should have gone to gonzo right that's what i was thinking i, I thought scooter was a humanoid or i mean he's yeah been identified as a gopher but not an animal gopher I know, g-o-f-e-r i know gonzo is there during he is yes he has a line right after that about yeah. famous chickens or right something, so so but... dave goals was definitely there it's not like they couldn't you know yeah, right. use him they should have switched well, i guess if he has the chicken line maybe that's why they didn't they wanted scooter to say something yeah richard hunt needed something to do in that scene i just don't know how scooter could have identified himself like i mean that's the thing like we don't know what they were thinking at the time that scooter was i guess like the closest we ever came was like he was the kid well that's what i was thinking yeah any kid that would fit his uncle's a human yeah but that could have been by marriage that's, that's, true. <laughs> that's that's yeah that's interesting jp gross looks more like a human than scooter does when i was a kid i think i was assumed that scooter was some sort of bird like his, yeah. his face kind of looks like a big beak isn't what's the thing there's some uh, interview maybe from the 60 minutes appearance where richard hunt had scooter say something like my mom was a parakeet or something like that no maybe yeah yeah i don't know uh also the chef the swedish chef gets a line in the song which is never not funny <laughs> yep Everyone's singing, and he just comes in with his, his mock Swedish. <laughs> but it um, rhymes. It's an easy way to get a rhyme. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> They're rewriting the lyrics, and they need something to rhyme. That's right. Smirgy, smear near fear, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just like this. It's it's such a low-key musical number. Yeah, I like it. Well, it, it feels very like them kind of just exhaling and letting their guard down, and they can be their, be themselves again. Or something. After this big noisy party. Well, and yeah. like, uh, yeah, especially because like they're they're asking the question like if like is it true are we really stars now? And um, although we know yes, now you're you're big movie stars. It's like well, but we don't want it to get to your head. We still want you to go and like do the Muppet Show in this crappy theater, right? You know, like like we don't want like we we want you to stay grounded. And I feel like that was an important scene to have, especially because that's when Kermit tells them. Uh, to save money, they uh, were going to clean up after the party. Right. Not only are they staying at the Baidui Motor End, they they are the cleaning crew. That's and right. Miss Piggy has to mop. Miss Piggy has to mop. And then uh, I appreciate So Kermit's giving everyone tasks to do, and he and Miss Piggy end up arguing. And then you hear Kermit in the distance kind of say, I'll wash and you dry, which is what Jim Henson says in Muppet oh. Family Christmas. I didn't catch that. Yeah. it's The camera's not on them at that point. It's like when the credits start rolling. But yeah, definitely says that. Wow! Hey, That's... hey, you guys! This special has one of the same lines as Muppet Family Christmas. So let's watch that instead next. <laughs> it has something we'll in there. common with Muppet Family Christmas. It's just yeah, as good has... as Muppet Family Christmas. <laughs> no, um, I mean, there's there's about ten minutes in this that are good. Like, it's not all terrible. It, but that's ten more minutes than uh, uh, John Denver and the Muppets: A Rocky Mountain Holiday. Yeah, that's probably right. There's really not very much in that that I like at all. Well, that one's interesting. That that's an interesting comparison because that one is definitely more scripted. That it, I mean, it's not so spontaneous as this one, but yeah, well, maybe, maybe the results about, were not much better. Maybe we can talk about that after the Great Muppet Caper. 
Maybe. I guess that's where it would fall on the timeline, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned for that in, um, I don't know, a year and a half or whenever. Yeah. And uh, that's all I have on the Muppets Go Hollywood, actually. Do you guys have anything else? Anthony? Actually, I should say, I should start with Joe, our guest. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I mean, you're right. Not all of this, much of this special does not work. And the stuff that does work, I think, works despite itself. Uh, because it's such a weird special um, and it's so different from everything else, but also like, you know, it's like that weird mix of like, here's the Muppets, like uh, just kind of screwing around on camera and here's Muppets putting on a live show. And the latter is definitely like, it feels like it's a precursor to like the Hollywood bowl show and the O2 show that they did recently. Hmm. Um, yeah, only a little bit. There's, there's a couple of similarities, but only a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's a fun part of Muppet history. I'm glad that they didn't do this over and over and over again. But I think, you know, if you, you like Muppets, it's worth watching once. Yeah, I, I do like these weird, obscure corners of Muppet history. So that's that's something. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not upset that it exists. Or not, like, I know I've been playing the grump during this, but like, to be honest, it's it, you're like you guys say, it's fascinating that it exists. I just wish that it like I would much rather watch an edited reel of the highlights that is 10 minutes long than watch all the shots of like, yeah, that I mean, that's fair. That's like, it's saying like, all I want to watch is the good parts and not the bad parts. It's like, well, I think that's true for right. anything. Right. Right. But like, um, the, the only, uh, so here, here's my final thought. The only thing that I wrote down in my notes that I didn't get to say is the location interview with Fozzie right? Where he's trying to make his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. A guy comes up to him and he says, yeah, you're the, you're the bear. Hey man, you're the bear. You're the bear. Like 70 times. Yeah. Like, Oh, I know you. I'm a big fan. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you know it that he's going to think Fozzie is Smokey the bear. You know it the whole <laughs> time. It's it's like anti comedy, but not like not like the way people do it now, where that like that's the joke is that it's anti comedy. It's just like the laziest possible joke that you could do about Fozzie Bear, and it's in a Muppet special. I, I don't know if I could have uh, presumed that it was going to be Smokey specifically, but oh, I, and, I and I do like I do like the fact that he doesn't just say like you're Smokey, right? Like he he says like it's because of you. I'll uh, I'll this is one guy who will never set a forest fire or whatever. I, I did laugh at that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, that's a Jay Leno type joke. Like, it's you're gonna just... start uh, complaining about easy jokes that the Muppets do. Then you gotta you gotta knock oh, out yeah. half the Muppet show, man. Did a Muppet do that joke, or did some random guy with bad timing do that joke? But it's I, but it's not just that. It's Fozzie's reaction. Fozzie gives a, a take to the camera, which is great. And I laughed at the part where he said, "This is one guy who'll never start a forest fire." I thought that little yeah, I don't know that little button on the joke made it work better for me yeah all right fair enough i thought it was embarrassing also i i didn't uh predict that he was gonna say you're smoky bear i thought he was gonna say you're the dog who plays the piano but he says you're the bear like 50 times before he says his name oh okay he's like hey hey, you're the bear i'm a big fan you're you're the bear so that's why i was like he's gonna think he's smoky the bear (laughs) he obviously was not gonna say you're fozzy bear the comedian right and, okay. did, and it was like, yes, this is filling airtime on CBS. I'm so glad. 
I'm so glad that the Muppets got a time slot on the network, and this is what they did with it. What a great way to get people to see their movie. Yes, and we're so glad that our listeners have chosen to fill their airtime on their devices with our podcast. And if there are no other thoughts, we can wrap things up. So uh, listeners, as always, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and various other places. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Anthony is on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. And Joe, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Tough Pigs everywhere, but you can find my personal stuff at Joe Hennis, um, which is also coincidentally my name. Whoa. Right? What a, that is a coincidence. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, hey, we, we say this every episode, but this would be a great time to go to iTunes, give us a positive review, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever it's called. Tell all your friends about the show. Do it right now. You, you think about it every episode. This is the time to do it. And um, we will see you next time. We're going to be doing another bonus episode before we start up with The Great Muppet Caper. Um, sometime in the near future, we will be watching and discussing the Tonight Show episode where Kermit guest hosted and all the Muppets ran amok. Oh, that's that exciting. I love that thing. Yeah. It's so good. It's a good yeah. That'll be fun. And uh, so, yeah, we will see you then. And uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of Moving Right Along. And now, everyone, please join us in a conga line! Conga! Hey! <laughs> 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 Stapleton is in this. <laughs> <laughs>